Hey y'all, today on Now That's Life with Dr. Nina, we're gonna explore memoirs of motherhood with my mama. And not only that, a bit more about my adoption story and basically how I feel it saved my life. Now, you can probably sense the extra excitement in my voice because I love my mama and I love spending time with this woman and she is dynamic. And so I really want this to be the first in a series of episodes to appear over the next few months over here on the podcast. And I did this because you guys have asked me so many questions about my upbringing, the relationship I have with my mother, my sister, and how I've learned so much at a young age, at a very young age, and the ways my mother infused major values into my life starting at a very young age. So if you want to hear more about that, make sure that you stick around. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a licensed specialist in school psychology, a nationally certified school psychologist, an associate and tenured professor, and a certified professional life coach. And this is the Now That's Life podcast. Now, while I want this podcast to be a helpful and also a great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Before we go into the segment with my mother, let me say this. I absolutely love this woman. And I know a lot of times people question the way that adopted children feel after they're older. Mind you, I was adopted at the age of three months. And so my mother is the mother that I know and appreciate and love. And do I find myself wanting more? No, absolutely not. I think that she's been so influential, so amazing. And I feel that that was what was meant to happen for my life. And what I really wanted to share here too, is just that, you know, the relationships that we form with people don't have to be forced, don't have to be just crafted. But a lot of times relationships are divine. (laughs) Like they were just supposed and meant to happen. I feel so natural with my mother. My mother is a big part of my life. She's always taught me the values that I teach you guys. She's always taught me how important it is to uphold my own values and principles, but also those of God. And then to also treasure and value where I've come from and where I'm going. She's never had me deny being adopted. She's never had me, you know, quiet myself in talking about it or even having an interest in meeting my biological family. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. She's been a wonderful influence. And not only is she beautiful to look at, but she's also passed down a lot of the physical things that I've learned to take care of myself in life. And so I really dedicate this episode and many others to come to her. And I hope you guys enjoy her just as much as I do. This dynamic, God-fearing, amazing woman who has cared for me for my whole life. And be careful with her because you mess with her, you messing with me. (laughs) So what is up, you guys? It's Dr. Nina. You know, I'm hanging out with my mom and I'm super excited to have her on today because we're definitely talking all things from her perspective in terms of being a mother and in terms of some of the things that she learned in adopting me as her first adopted child. She also has my sister, Nikki, who you guys met online on YouTube. I'll make sure I link that down below. Um, But 
she adopted me first. And I want her to talk a little bit about that and also her ideals about some questions I'm going to ask her on the fly. And don't worry, this won't be her last time talking with us. It will be other times, but I want to make sure that today we just get a quick one in since it's the holidays and November is National Adoption Month. So I wanted to make sure that I kind of talked with my mom and talked a little bit more about some of her experiences. So without further ado, I'm going to have her kind of introduced her, introduced, Lord Jesus, introduce herself and tell you a little bit more about her mom. Can you give them like a quick one minute rundown? of who you are, what you are, and then also what made you become a mother or desire to become a mother. Hi, I'm beautiful brown baby dog mom. What's Uh, your name? My name is Vermer Ellis Hervey, of course. Most friends call me V, so V is fine. I adopted Nina. Uh, I think I was about 35. And I wanted children, but unfortunately, I was divorced, and I'm happy divorced too. Uh, yeah, I heard that you can be happily divorced. <laughs> so I applied. There was an application I had to fill out to get her, and uh, they're quite nosy, put it like that. Not inquisitive, but nosy. They want to know everything about you. So, um, I did the necessary paperwork and got it through. I didn't complete it, but uh, I did get it through. And as the product <laughs> is here, you can see that I got the product. So, and I've been very happy with that. I've always wanted kids, but like I said, after I got a divorce, I didn't see no man that I wanted to go to bed with <laughs> to have a baby. And then I thought about, hmm. If I adopt a baby, I won't have to worry about no man telling me what to do or, or anything. Not not that I'm anti-man, okay? But I just thought, you know, been down the road once. Let's, you know, do it alone. So I did. I wasn't alone, I must admit. God was always with me. And so um, he has definitely blessed me thus far. And I'm grateful. Well, also, Mom, well, you guys have gotten to meet her and she's given her spill on who she is um, and who she is in my life and why that even came to be. So one of my first questions and things that I wanted my mother to talk about was, and I think you already hit on why you wanted to become a mother. What do you think would be your words of encouragement, first off, to women who are, you know, doing this on their own. I know you did this by choice, but we know that the statistics show that a lot of us are not um, raising children in homes with both parents. And I think some of that is changing. A lot of that is changing and we're wanting to change that rhetoric. But in the meantime, mom, can you give them some quick pointers, some things to live by that might give them some encouragement, especially for those that are not only just single mothers, but some who feel like they're taking on a lot of it um, on their own and some of the things they can do to do it the best that they can. Uh, I must say it is very difficult to do it alone. And, uh, and sometimes it's difficult to do it with the partner too. But I must look at it from a spiritual standpoint because all of my help comes from the Lord. And I want you all to realize that too, 
that all of our help come from him. And he was always with me. So, uh, but what did you do too? And that for those of us that are believers, because there are a lot of us that mm -hmm. are believers. Yes. What are some of the things we can apply though in the flesh? What are some things that can help us to, uh, along with leaning on God, but what are some other things that we can be doing proactively while God is working through us to be the best parents possible? I, I, I think we need to look back into at least I did. I will look back into my past for what my mom did. And, you know, sometimes when we get some little education behind us, we start changing a little bit, th a little things. And that's what I did, critiquing some things that my mom had taught me or the way my mom raised me. So I, I did some things like that, but I always would take my children to Sunday school, my child to Sunday school, and I tried to teach her the golden rule, how to treat people. And, you know, all the time when you're treating people nice, they're not going to be nice to you, but that's okay. But just keep living. That don't mean that we have to be mean like they are, but just keep living. Just live a clean life, knowing that as a single parent, your kids are priority, your priority after your job, okay? We got to work, but your kids are your priority. And I always felt when I was off from work a day, because I worked evening, if I needed to go somewhere and my child could not go, I don't need to be going. And that even to take care of business. I only left her when I had to go to work. When I had to take care of business, I took her with me and she knew how to act or to behave because I taught her at home. So when I got out, I didn't have to be calling her name and everybody uh, in my environment at that time knew her name because I've called her so many times to stop doing stuff. But I trained her at home and I took up time with her. And when you have more than one, I know it's difficult because it was difficult with just one. Okay. So a lot of mothers, a lot of mothers I know that reach out to me are constantly asking, and I think this is a good segue with you saying that you spent a lot of time with me. How did you find time for self-care? You know, people have seen a lot of the pictures that I posted with you. One of the biggest things they they state is that you look young, you must not have a very stressful life, those types of things. So how do you get in self-care? Because that's an important part, and you know I'm going to stick with my self-care love. But how how do you get that in with a child? Because I know that that is demanding, but how do you also put yourself first? Because you have to take care of you in order to, right, take care of the child. And I always felt like that was something that you taught me in teaching me to be well-behaved is that I wouldn't always be able to engage in what adults engaged in. And I wouldn't always be around you. Or even when we were in the same house, I still had my alone time and you had your alone time. So how do you establish that as a boundary with your children? Okay. First of all, we have to set priorities and, and routine. Okay. Um, when, uh, you know, when I was off, I wanted my time with her, but I also wanted time with adults too. So you take them to a playground and let them play or take them over a friend's house and you socialize like that. And at home to take care of yourself. 
when they go to bed, you set a bedtime for them or time for them to be in their room uh, reading or something like that. And I was a, a big person about making children, having children to read and buying books. Y'all yeah, notice how she said making because she used to make me write all these book reports all the time. Yes, I sure did. When I would, when she got old enough to be at home by herself, I had her to write, uh, read books and write reports. And I told her how I wanted, and I didn't want to, just a few words. I wanted the detail. I wanted to know the plot. Because I had read a lot of children literature. I had read over 100 books because I was taking a class, a deal like that. So I would choose the books that I had read so she wouldn't pull my leg. So I know what was in the story. So I would have her to write reports, and that's important. And that's quiet time for her. And then that's quiet time for me when she's doing that. Because I know she's not into any uh, things that she shouldn't be into. And uh, also when we had um, internet, a computer, or Atari, she had an Atari. Nintendo. Nintendo. Those those was not things that she could just go and get on all the time. They was used as a reward. So there's another time that I got a chance for self-care. Okay, you did good in school today. You can take 30 minutes or an hour to play your games and stuff like that. So uh, that's how I took care of myself while she was doing something, but yet I was still with her within, in, you know, in the house. I didn't go off too many times to leave her at home by herself. But um, that's what I did to find time. And when you have more than one, like I said, it is hard, but it is durable. You just have to work with it. So y'all, I hope you're enjoying the time we're spending with my mother. I know I am. And I hope that she's giving you some nuggets of wisdom. And we're going to return with that. We're going to take a quick break with a message from my sponsors. And we're going to get back to it. Okay, y'all, we are back. And I'm ready to dig right in with my mom. So I'm not going to even waste any time. Let's get into it. So mom, what would you say in this world? Because I feel like and you and I talk about this, how more specifically, I think women are under attack, but I think more specifically, black women are under attack. We're losing our lives at higher levels. We're not necessarily being taken care of in terms of relationships and marriages. Some of us are losing our lives at the hands of uh, men that are in our lives and we're not protected sometimes by the men in our lives or in any relationship that we're in. How would you say you or what is your viewpoint on that? And how did you find yourself protecting yourself and and protecting your children in protecting yourself? We as women have to be aware of our surrounding. Just like when we go outside, we are so aware of our surroundings. So with our mate, we have to be aware of certain things. When we see a wet red flag, we need to pay attention to that. If you got a mate that you can discuss things with, let them know what you're not pleased with, but not in a derogatory way. Be very tactful because you don't want to set them off 
or set her off, you know, whoever's listening to this broadcast. But you, you need to do that. Pay attention to the red flag. And if you see too many of them, know where to go to get help. And then you must make up your mind that this is not the way that I expected life with a mate. And you got to decide to get out of it. You got to decide to get out of it. And that's why I think some of us are being killed because we see red flags. We do absolutely nothing about it. Maybe he, he is a good provider, but yet cannot communicate verbally, but physically. You need to say, hey, this money that he's bringing in is not worth my life and, and get out of it quick. That's my opinion on it. Uh, uh, you know, you just got to change your environment and stick with it. If you get a, 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 a what you call it, a restraining order, sign it. Make sure you enforce it. And just because he come back and say, I've changed, I love you, you know, words are cheap. And, and, and love is an action word. And love does not hurt. Not 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 physical, not like that with a broken bone. And not on purpose. And not on like purpose because he's angry and can't get his way. And then you sometimes men have the same problem. Women whoop men too. So we just gotta be aware of that. With that said, um one of the one of the bigger things that I think I see in here too is a lot of single women are asking, how do I even date then in those situations? Uh, I think we have a unique situation and a re- unique relationship in that you decided not to bring anyone else into our lives. The only male figures that were in my life were like my uncles, people who took on the role of godfathers, uh, people in the church. So I really didn't have a man in the household um, in terms of having you to introduce that person or, you know, being afraid of a person around me. Could you tell them a little bit more about why you decided to do that? And just a few pointers on how they might decide to introduce someone into their lives if that's necessary or if that's what they want. Because it's normal to want that. It's normal to want that relationship. So, Okay. Now with me, I'm speaking about me. Okay. I think my faith helped grounded me and about having men running in and out of my house. The the Bible tells it, and, and I hate to get on that, but this is what I build my foundation on, is that it says, let a man have his own wife and a woman have her own husband. And since I didn't find anybody that wanted to marry me at that time, I just did not let that go on in my house. Correction. It was people that wanted to marry my mother. I know the stories. My mother didn't want to marry people. So let's let's get back to the story oh, then. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> I just kept myself grounded because of my foundation, religion's foundation. And I never liked living in a house with a revolving door, if you know what I mean. I like when I go to bed, I want my door locked. And I want to know who was in my house and what was in my house. So uh, I kind of, you know, put that on sides. And then I wanted to respect my girls because so much was going on and still is. 
the, the boyfriend comes in and he having a mama and the daughter. And I just didn't want that kind of life for my children. And so, you know, I just watched it. I denied myself. Once I became a mother, my child was priority. Verma was put in the background. And so that's what I did. I, I just, and you can do it if you want to, but some of, of we just gotta have a, 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 a male companion and that's fine. But know that male compa companion, if, if there's any red sign, red flags going up, that he's maybe getting too close or too friendly to your daughters or your son, pay attention to that. I mean, I, I, I know you want to trust them, but your kids are priority. Trust me, they're your priority. And God has lent them to you to make sure and, and for you to protect them, to to keep any danger away from them that is possible can. You possibly can. So that's what I've done through my life. And I know we get uh, a lonesome, a lonely sometimes. We want a companion. But like I said, I just put myself in the background because it was my children time now. I've had, I had had mine. So, uh, and it's hard to do sometimes. But mom, let's speak to the woman who does want that, okay. that relationship, because that's normal. We're okay, human beings. So let's also speak to the woman who desires that. I won't say that she's denying herself, right? So she probably just wants a relationship. And, and that's good. And and what I've, I'm, I would like to tell her, just kind of feel out that person. You know, just, just don't, oh, he likes me and just bring him on in. Uh-uh, don't do that. See how he 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 uh interact with your children. Uh and if he got have children of his own, how does he treat his own kids? Does he bring them over to to play with your kids or do y'all go out together to a movie somewhere or out to McDonald's so you can get to know each other or does he just come over by himself and just, you know, never think about his own kids, his blood kids? So those are the things that you have to look for because if he don't treat his own kids right, he's not going to treat yours right. Probably ain't going to treat you right. Right. So just just be aware of that. Because, you know, God wants us to have mates. Since I didn't have one, I didn't let that become a, a hindrance of me raising my kids and putting them as as first in my life. But, you know, just, just be aware of of how he interact with your kids. You know, talk to your kids, see how they like him or, or her, whichever one you prefer. Just, just, just be aware. Okay. So mom, I think one of my last questions that I have, because I know that we're gonna do another session of this, is what do you think was a main, a main thing in your life that made you want to raise exceptional children? Um, and because they know me, what was what was one of your biggest motivators? And we know God, because they always hear me talk about God, but what were some of your bigger motivators in life that helped you instill wanting more uh, in me and with me being able to do different things and seeing things through? What was some of those things that you can offer some of the mothers that are listening okay. and fathers. I think one of the things that motivated me 
was when I was growing up. Now I'm 70 years old and I grew up in the South and one of the, some of the, you know, part of the poor South where we did not have adequate school supply. When I say school supply, I mean books and stuff like that, not papers and pencil because mom and dad always made sure we had that, but it was the books. We never had enough books to go around to each student and that went to school, we got the leftover white uh, children books and we never had enough. And then sometimes some of the pages was torn out. So we just didn't have the right equipment. And so I think that's what motivated me. I did not want my kids to be lacking because of the system. So I worked hard to bring in books that my kids could read and I did not rely on a system to teach them everything, okay? I taught them what I knew because I had taken a few classes uh, at Harestow here in St. Louis about teaching. And that's one way I read all of those children literature books because I took a class. I thought, quote, I want to be a professional teacher, but things turned and I went to social work. But anyway, I would go to the library, didn't have a whole lot of money, and they would be selling the, the books that they're getting rid of. So I would go through them, and I knew how to read the book and grade them according to the level of the kids, you know, fifth grade, first grade, stuff like that. So I did that, and so I would bring those 25 cents books home. Sometimes I would get some for 15 and a dime, and I would bring them home for my kids to read. Because since I am not, I don't think I'm a good reader, I didn't want that to be said about my children. So I pushed that on them, so to speak. And today, uh, my young one constantly tell me that she's glad that I made her read. And then sometime when they come home and say they don't have no homework, that's fine. You might not have any homework from your school teacher, but you got a homework from your mama teacher. So I would make them either go over what they had already been over or I would find something for them to study myself. And usually there was a book report or working some extra math or vocabulary. My, 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 my youngest daughter had a book that had just vocabularies at the book where she would write her assignment in. I made her learn those words, vocabulary words, how to spell them the meaning of them, and use them in a sentence. I made them do that. So um, that's that's what motivated me to, I guess, God, and then God put the seal on it by making them exceptional because I pushed for them to learn how to read, not just calling words, but understanding what the author is saying once that book is closed. That's what motivated me because when I got in college, I realized I just called words. I was not comprehending, but and I did not want my kids to come up like that. So that's what motivated me to raise exceptional kids, I think. Well, mama, it's almost hard to turn the microphone off because you are quite 
entertaining, and also, like myself, you can carry a nice conversation. Who did I get it from? Mm-hmm. I got that from you. I got it from you. And this won't be the last time, guys. My mom will be staying with me again in December to come and visit and Uh, We'll make sure that we record a few things. Now, before we go, I want to make sure my mom leaves you all with some last words and some things to, to think about, perhaps. And also, I want to make sure that you guys send her questions because she will be ready for our next episode that we have together. So I want to make sure she has some words before we go. Yes, I would like to say this for those since this month is adoption month, those that does not have, does not or do not have any kids, and thinking about adoption, that is a good way to do it. I think there's a lot of little beautiful little kids out there needing uh, a permanent home, and if you have the room and the compassion in your heart, I advise you or suggest to you or want to encourage you to look into it. Just look into it. Oh, it brings you so much joy. It brings you a few headaches too, but the overall is a lot of joy. And then you feel like you have really accomplished something once you see that child grown and they come back and give back to you what you have done for them and also to the community. So since this is Adoption Month, think about it. Think about it. Okay, thank you. Nice uh, talking with you. Bye. (laughs) Yes, my mama is absolutely right. If she hadn't adopted me, then I would not be here. And she wouldn't have ever been a mother, but I know God had her be a mother in many other ways. So definitely think about it. I know that it has been something that has been more than a blessing for myself and my sister. And we appreciate our mother for everything that she has done and continues to do in our lives and continues to instill in us that has helped us to get through life. So guys, we will definitely be talking with her again. I'm super excited to do that. And I'm, I'm happy to have done this episode and just to give you all a taste of her because I know eventually I want you all to be able to ask questions. And I know in the past you guys asked some questions, so I'll make sure that we get to some of those. But I'm also going to ask you for some fresh questions so that we get to the points of the things you guys want to want to you know want to know because my mother wants to make sure she makes her voice heard as well. And so make sure you guys follow me over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll. Make sure that you tune in weekly for all the new podcast episodes as well as videos on YouTube. YouTube and post on Instagram. I am so happy that you guys have joined us this week and will continue to join us. Make sure that you have a wonderful holiday season. Enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, enjoy your life, period, with or without all of the above. Just make sure that you are enjoying and cherishing life. Be blessed, be hopeful, be dreaming. What, what, you got something else to say, mama? (laughs) My mama said, peace. Peace. (laughs) Y'all be blessed. Y'all, I hope and pray that you've enjoyed today's episode just as much as I have. I always love spending time with my mother. You guys wonder where I get my wisdom. I can say it's totally from this woman. Not only is she God-fearing, but she also just knows so much. And as a child, she left me wanting to have some of that same wisdom 
growing up and also at my earlier part of my life as well. So I hope you guys have learned more about where I'm coming from, what I'm thinking about. Uh, also, my mother and all of the time and all of the patience and everything that it took to instill in me and my sister as well. So this is only the first in some of the episodes I plan to have with my mother. I plan to make sure that you guys get your questions answered. So make sure you do me the favor of DMing me over on Instagram. Any questions you have for her, watch out for any upcoming posts that I have with her as well. And also over on YouTube, write me. Come to Facebook on my Facebook wall there and check that out and make sure you leave your comments, your thoughts, your processes, and some things that you want to know more about as well. And I really enjoy sharing this part of me with you. And I'd love to hear back from you. Also, there's the option of writing me at hi at drninaellishervey.com just in case you want to send some more private email requests or things for the show overall. And that's it for today. Make sure you stay tuned though and subscribe so that you know when I post a new episode. And also sign up for my free e-newsletter over on drninaellishervey.com and you'll receive my free eight-day supernatural video course. And again, guys, make sure you're following me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the name Beautiful Brown Baby Doll or Dr. Nina. Well, that's all for today, okay? <laughs> Thanks so much for checking in with me. Thanks so much for keeping up with me. I really do appreciate you guys. Beautiful brown baby doll signing out. Peace.